and welcome to episode 249 of the Veg Podcast. My name's Richard and I'm coming to you from my podding shed on a rather wet and windy evening in my garden on the south coast of the UK. You can probably hear the rain hitting against this shed. Now coming up today, I want to share with you some of my favourite kale recipes. Now in my opinion, kale is very underrated in the garden, but I certainly believe it should be growing in every vegetable patch. But before that, as always, we have the diary and what I've been up to over this last week in my garden and allotment. But today is Friday the 13th of December 2019 and I've just ran out to the potting shed to record this little bit tonight. Now over the last few nights I have been sat at my kitchen table working out a seed sowing plan for next year. Now this is something that I hit upon last week but because this week in the evenings it's been so dark when I've got home from work and it's been wet and it's raining constantly I haven't been able to get outside and I also know I'm not going to be able to get outside tomorrow. So this has meant I've had to think, well, what can I do? And a seed sowing plan was something that I wanted to do. Now, to start off with, I just made a huge list of everything that I want to grow next year. Now, this obviously includes some of the obvious things or the everyday things, such as potatoes and peas and onions and garlic on this list. And then there's other things that aren't what I would class as normal, such as watermelon or dahlia. Now, the dahlias are something I've never grown before, but I know they are edible. So I'm going to hopefully grow some of those next year with the intention of growing them to be edible to eat. Anyway, yes, so I've made this list of everything that I want to grow, and it's quite a comprehensive list. It's surprising just how many items there are. I've filled up an entire page with this list. And then once I've compiled this list, I've then gone through and found out when to sew each item. And I've made a list of what to sew in January, what to sew in February and what to sew in March and so on right throughout the year. So if we go to January we obviously have the salad leaves which are going to be a winter variety still but salad leaves are something I'm trying to grow a lot of. And of course we have herbs which can be sown at any month of the year or many of them can anyway. But we also have things such as leeks um, I'm just going to look through this list and find out what we want. Leeks, chilies, some tomatoes, and that's for January. Now, if we get into February, there's going to be other things such as melons. There's some carrots that can be sown in February. Um, uh, various other things. You get the sort of idea. It's just given me a sort of plan on what to grow, what to sow, and and so on. Now. This is quite a comprehensive list and it has taken quite a lot of work to get into a, a decent sort of order and figure everything out. And it's quite exhaustive, but I'm hoping that by planning this out, it's going to give me the chance next year, I can just pull this list out, get the seeds and crack on and get some seeds sown. At the moment, this is all handwritten because I don't get on too much using a computer for this sort of thing. But... I will type this up on my computer and hopefully get this online to share with you all 
over the next couple of weeks. Now, while I'm in this potting shed, there's not really a huge amount of, to talk about. The yakon that I did pot on last week, I can see it started to sprout. But apart from that, nothing else to really say. All the seedlings and the various plants in here are doing okay. They're just doing their own thing. Anyway, that's it for today. Um, as I say, not a huge amount possible to do this week, but fingers crossed we'll get down the allotment and do something on Sunday. Well, today is Sunday the 15th of December 2019. Now, I didn't do anything in the garden yesterday. I was out all day visiting a very good friend of mine, Mr Skinny Jean Gardner. But today, I came down the allotment this afternoon. Uh, we had some rather windy, wet weather overnight, and that lasted into the morning, so I decided to wait until that weather passed before coming down. And when I got here... I was a little worried I was going to find a load of smashed glass again from the greenhouse. The wind was that bad that I was really scared about it. Fortunately, I did not have to be worried because actually the greenhouse is fine. So that was a huge relief off my mind. Now, one of the first jobs I tackled was fitting a new throttle cable to my lawnmower. You may remember last week I said I had ordered one. Uh, well, it arrived during the week and I quickly fitted that. It was fairly easy to fit, just a case of removing the old wire, connecting the new one and tightening it all up and, and checking everything flowed nicely and, and so on. With that job done, I was hoping to mow the lawn and the grass, but one, it is far, far too wet to do that sort of thing anyway. And two, I didn't bring any fresh petrol down with me, so it's not starting just yet anyway. Now after that, I carried on just doing a bit more weeding in between the onions, the garlic and the, the brassicas. Just clearing out a bit of this cooch grass that just seems to be the bane of my life down here. That took quite a while and really that is a lot of the work that I was doing. And it, but it makes all the difference. It does make the place just a, li a little bit nicer. The wind's starting to pick up now so I'm going to head home soon. Now I have been debating about next year of what to do on the plot and I've I've been debating about doing a lot of straw mulching and I wondered how this was going to affect onions or garlic and those sort of things so I watched a few YouTube videos to see how straw mulching performs with onions and garlic and so on well Something that came up that is probably going to be a better option, actually, was comfrey mulch. Now, I've got several comfrey plants popping up all over the place on my allotment. So I have no shortage of using the leaves as a mulch. And I have tried doing that a bit in the past. But what I perhaps haven't done is enough of it and used it quite as thick as I should have done. So I've been looking at any amount of comfrey that I do actually have growing here. And I reckon when that's in full growth, and some of it is starting just to die back now, so I'm going to cut some of this comfrey down today and just mulch around my onion and garlic to keep the weeds at bay. But I reckon with the amount of plants that I do have, it should give me plenty to mulch the whole area next year. If anybody out there has used comfrey as a mulch with a lot of success, then please get in touch because I'd like to know just how it works out. I've used it a bit last year around my tomatoes and it didn't do as good as I hoped, but this year might be different. 
Well, I'm going to head on home. It's starting to get dark now and the wind's picking up and I'm getting hungry. So that'll be it for today. Things are slowing down, as I keep saying lately. Not so much to do on the allotment, but we are getting nearer and nearer the new season. This week's tip of the week from the RHS Plant Grow Harvest calendar is... When your Christmas tree starts to fade, consider shredding it and using it for mulch in the garden. Now I've got to admit, I have never had a real Christmas tree in my life. But what I do do is scrounge all the pine needles from anybody that I know who does have one. And these pine needles make a fantastic mulch for my blueberry bushes as they really boost the acidity of the soil of which the blueberries love. Now I mentioned earlier that I believe that kale is very underrated and should be in every vegetable batch and I have very many reasons for this belief. One of these reasons are that kale is incredibly hardy. It can grow for many months and it can grow through some very cold freezing weather. Now to grow kale I actually sow several batches of kale plants throughout the year. The earlier sowings provided us with plenty of leaves earlier on in the year but the later sowings are now really coming into season and they are really giving us so much food that we have to be creative to use them. Now that is the other great benefit, kale are incredibly versatile in the kitchen lending themselves to a great number of recipes. So for this podcast I thought I would share with you some of my favourite kale recipes. Now these are recipes that I have found online and have cooked several times over and I will add the relevant links in the blog post for this week's podcast, which you can find at thevegrowpodcast.co.uk. But I would like to add, if you do have any recipes yourself that you think I should try, then please get in touch too. Now, my first recipe is so, so easy, but it is so tasty. And it's Chinese seaweed. Now, I know a lot of people turn their nose up at Chinese seaweed because they think it is actually seaweed. It's not. It's either kale or spring greens that you get in a traditional Chinese seaweed. But for this, I like to use kale, and I like to use a variety of kale called Nero de Toscana, or Black Russian. And I've found that this gives the best results. Now for this, I need a good handful of the leaves, which I, I will pick straight from the garden and take into the kitchen, give them a really good wash, and then pat them dry. And then I'll take each leaf and pull away the leafy greens away from the harder stalk centre. The stalk gets given to my chickens, but the leafy greens I will then slice up with a sharp knife to get some sort of shredded kale leaf. Now I take this shredded kale leaf and I lay it on a roasting pan and I just drizzle over a bit of olive oil and then sprinkle over a bit of brown sugar and salt. Then this goes into a preheated oven at about gas mark 7 or 220 degrees C for about 5 minutes, but do check on it after about 3 minutes just to be on the safe side. And once it's nice and crispy, it's ready and it's just so easy to serve and as a quick snack or part of a bigger meal. I have found that it can also be cooked in a frying pan in much the same way, but I just found that sticking it in the oven, it's in the oven, forgotten about, I don't have to do anything else. Now my next recipe is also a fairly easy one and it's one that I really enjoy too and this is kale, pea and ricotta fritters. Now this recipe calls for the same amount of shredded kale leaves as in the seaweed recipe but this time we're going to place the leaves in a bowl 
with a handful of peas, about 240 grams of ricotta, three eggs, the zest of one lemon, two tablespoons of fresh chopped mint, and a good sprinkle of black pepper. Now the recipe for this that I found online actually asks for chia seeds, but I found black pepper just to be as good. All these ingredients in the bowl are then just mixed together and then left for about 20 minutes to really infuse the flavours. After this 20 minutes, I then take about two tablespoons of the mixture and roll into a ball. This ball then gets flattened into a, a patty about, um, about a centimetre thick, I'd say. I then repeat making these patties with all the rest of the mixture until it's all used up. We don't like wasting this household. Then each patty is fried for about two to three minutes on each side until a nice golden brown colour. Just in a little olive oil again and then once they're cooked they are ready to serve and they actually go really nicely with a little salad and it is again incredibly tasty but easy. Now finally another really easy one and I do like my easy recipes. This time it's sautéed greens with cannellini beans and pancetta. Now, heat a frying pan over a medium heat and add a splash of oil. I prefer olive oil, but actually rapeseed oil is just as good. Into this pan, add a small chopped onion and then cook for a couple of minutes until the onion is soft. I'll then add about three crushed garlic cloves and cook for about another minute before adding another handful of this shredded kale and a handful of shredded beetroot leaves. At this point, I turn the heat right down and cover the pan with a lid. In another frying pan, over a high heat, I will add some chopped pancetta, about two rashers worth, and cook for about three minutes until nice and crispy. I'll then add this pancetta with the drippings into the pan with the kale. Give it a really good mix, and then pour in a can of drained cannellini beans. And then cook again for about five minutes, and then serve. Again, really tasty and really, really easy to do. And more importantly, it's using stuff grown in our own garden. Now, these are three of my favourite kale recipes, but there are plenty more ideas out there. And if you've got some ideas that I should try, then please get in touch and I'll try it out. As always, you can email me, richard at thevegrailpodcast.co.uk or you can visit me at thevegrailpodcast.co.uk and leave a comment on the blog post. Or you can find me on social media, just search for The Veg Grail Podcast and you will find me. Leave me a comment, leave me a like or whatever it is, just get in touch. Anyway, for this week, please take care and I will speak to you all again next time.